Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bannett. Thanks for joining me for the Sewed Blocks daily podcast. If you like this content and you want to learn more Torah like this, definitely check out yesodblocks.com where we have the premium content, all the cool stuff in depth that is going on over there. Uh, also recently, we put out a, an album that you can find on iTunes or on Amazon, uh, basically dealing with the, it's using Torah concepts like the ones we mentioned in this podcast and also the ones that are all over yesodblocks.com and on the YouTube channel. Uh, to basically deal with, face off against, and battle the dark side of the internet and all the sexual distortions that are unfortunately being created in the world because of the massive amounts of uh, distorted content that we find on the internet. And so there is a very profound and deep set of tools that the Torah actually uh, delineates to help deal with those things. And that's what we did. We tried to put that whole thing together into a usable form um, on this album. So you can check that out again on iTunes or on Amazon. Uh, or you can also see it um, if you are a subscriber to yesoblocks.com. We have it up there on the site as well. The album is called Tikkun Hayasod, so you can just look that up. Or you can search for Zev Bannett, and it'll show up that way uh, as well. Um, so in this episode, we're going to continue the, uh, just a, a sort of like a new halacha in the Shulchan Aruch here. Where in the beginning, I really want to approach a lot of the earlier halachos that are found in the Shulchan Aruch because they're just, um, they really lend themselves to sort of like being very simple seeming and then when we really dig into them you really start to get a sense of the uh like the the depth on the kabbalah side the machshava side all the things we're trying to really illustrate in this series and so the next halacha that we find in the shulchan Aruch, right after the very first one that we did in the first episode uh the 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 uh, rama just writes here so the previous halacha was you should get up early, you try to wake up with sunrise, and the Ramah now comes in and says, but you know even if you can't if you can't wake up for the sunrise, at least try not to wake up so late or late so late that you actually are uh, are past the time that you're supposed to engage in tefillah. Um, meaning that the time of the tefillah when the tzibur, which means the public, like the 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 group the people uh, are doing tefillah. So you're supposed to try to wake up early enough that you are um, not past the time when everybody is engaging in tefillah. Now, the issue with this particular um, halacha is similar, similar to the problem that I tried to, tried to describe yesterday in the previous episode. When you approach it in a, very, in a very superficial way, where you sort of look at it and say, okay, this is a halacha, it's a rule, you have to just try to wake up on time, and not later than when the, the public is, is doing tefillah, is davening. So that's, you know, it just kind of doesn't really give you so much uh, of the of the underlying depth here, the context, the picture, the the framework that really the, the Ramah here is working with, and, and the Shulchan Aruch himself is also working with when they describe these kinds of, of bullet point halachos of what to do. And it's easy to teach this halacha on the surface level. You just tell people you should wake up on time, and you should just make sure you get your, your awake early enough to go uh, to, to daven with the, with the, the tzibur in, in a shul, or maybe at least to daven at home at the same time they're davening, which we'll see later on. There's, there are halachos that relate to these types of things. So what exactly is underlying this? So we started a little bit to describe this uh, in the previous episode, and we're just going to articulate it a little differently now, which is that um, the whole concept of sleeping is almost like this funny mystery concept. It's like this given that we all have uh, in our lives that at a certain point during the during the you know the the passing of time, we essentially just go put ourselves inside of these little compartments that we call beds, and we just are inert for you know eight, seven, six, seven, eight, nine hours, uh, and then we kind of like just 
leave those compartments and just continue on with our day or continue on with our time really and you know we think of it as well there's daytime and there's nighttime and during the nighttime we sleep that's again a superficial colloquial way of talking about things but it's a little tricky because sleeping is again this thing that first of all scientifically we don't even understand exactly what, what happens during sleep most of sleep is a, is a massive mystery to us but just on a practical level all that's really happening is that the earth is rotating and so the sun is invisible to us and now it's darker outside since we have uh, visual tools we have eyes so we can tell these differences in in light and dark and so we we in our minds we create this perception and we we say oh these are two different things there's daytime and there's nighttime and those are two different units and we have this perceptual overlay that we use to relate to those things um and that's really something which we we are doing we're creating those perceptions uh, and of course animals also organize themselves according to these things too but the point is that it's really just passage of time and then we decided to identify that certain passages of time uh an activity or quasi activity we engage in is we literally go uh, isolate ourselves in these compartments and, and become dormant and inert for a bunch of hours and then we continue with whatever creative activities we are involved in in the world now the uh the tricky thing here to sort of realize it seems like um, the 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 way this works, the way that Chazal described this in the in the Gemara, is that what's actually happening is you have, like we mentioned, we you have this problem, we have this distortion in our minds called that, that stems from the Eitz Das, and that's this concept of Das Tovara. And what happens is uh, you gravitate towards things that you want and begin to identify yourself with them. And there's apparently like the the simple examples we gave in the previous episode, which are basically just you know basic things like if you uh you can get into certain kinds of foods you can evaluate the world through political lenses because you get very attracted to political ideas or you can evaluate the world through other lenses you know whatever kinds of ideas you're into whatever kinds of sensations you're into whatever kinds of feelings you're into you can make those kind of like your primary structure that you gravitate towards and how you then evaluate the world you can develop perceptions based on these things and those perceptions can deviate from reality and you can start to think oh you know what if someone doesn't agree with me politically that must mean that they are um, evil or something and you're you're basically, you know, you're gravitating towards a certain map of how to perceive reality, and then you make decisions of how you're going to create relationships or destroy relationships based on that map, and that map is, is purely a product of your own distorted accumulated perceptions that are accumulated based on your own personal preferences instead of based on actual objective fact and truth so that's like you know a very pervasive issue um, and it's been going on for thousands of years ever since the story of the garden of eden actually happened but there's also a meta version of that that's so big that it's actually very hard to see uh, and in fact that's really the problem with the eta das is that it, it, it's it the, the the time anytime that you can see the things that it's doing to you it usually means you're not on the right track because the things that it's really doing, the most, the pernicious ones, are the ones that you can't find because they're they're literally buried behind your eyes, and it's just very hard to see things that you're using to actually see the world. It's like trying to see a pair of glasses; you just can't see them because you're seeing everything through them. So how do you see through? How, how can you see the glasses through the glasses? Because in order to see them, you need to be able to take them off and observe them externally, and that's very difficult to do. So here's a meta. Uh, lens that's like that, which I think underlies this halacha. So the lens is that the way that the Chazal look at this uh, this issue of sleeping is they say two things that are interesting. One is that um, when you are asleep, so you have a taste of death. There's a taste of death. And then they add on top of that and say, and why? Because what happens is when you're sleeping, you you the, the, it says your neshama essentially is now going back to Hashem. Hashem is now kind of getting your neshama back, and you are, in a certain way, dead now. And so 
you're, there's like this this phase where now the neshama has to go back to Hashem and then it comes back the next day and you kind of get it back and then you wake up and you're alive again. And so again, it's only a taste of death. It's like the neshama kind of recedes from your body, but not fully recedes. It just recedes some of the, some of the distance. And so it's similar to death in a certain kind of way. So let's just uh, sort of let's contextualize that properly. So what's actually happening is, uh, in, a, in spiritual terms, that when you are awake and you're in the world, so what happens is your neshama, which is your consciousness, your neshama is the fragment of Hashem that is not from here, does not actually belong in the physical framework of the world. It is simply transmitted into that physical framework through your physical body. You could think of your body as an antenna, and the neshama is linked to it through that antenna, and then basically the neshama can interact through the antenna that is the body with the physical, tangible, measurable, measurable world. But the neshama itself is an intangible entity that is timeless and spaceless and that is beyond reality. Now what can happen is, when the neshama is operating through the body, so you are, you are the neshama at that point. In other words, the idea that you are someone conscious, that you are the someone that is operating in the world, that is the meaning of the neshama. So you are now operating through your body. Think of your body as a, as a thing that you use, a tool that you use to interface with the measurable physical world. And you yourself are the neshama. And then what happens? Well, because of this etzadas problem, that you can actually develop perceptions of reality that are distorted, you can also develop perceptions of yourself that are distorted. We call that self-image problems. And you can start thinking of yourself maybe as your career or as your marriage or as the as a, a, a you are the essence of who you are is a parent or the essence of who you are, you know, is um, what, whatever your career is, you can say, oh, I'm a, I'm an accountant, that's really what I'm all about. And you can start to hyper-identify yourself in your das, in your perceptions, as one of those things. And so what happens is, the longer you're inside of the body, or the longer that you are animating the body and operating inside the world, you develop these lenses of yourself that identify yourself more with the actual tangible measurable measurable world that you're in and less with the awareness that you are actually an endless immortal intangible undefinable actual uh, fragment of Hashem's divine consciousness. And so you move your sense of self away from the truth of who you are, that you are that endless, intangible, immortal reality that is now linked to a physical, measurable body. You move away from that in your perceptions and start to perceive yourself in more and more finite terms. And so what's happening there is that 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 you're because you're immersed in the world, so now you basically get pulled into it on a perceptual level. And so that actually becomes exhausting in a certain way because the neshama you, your essence, is energized through its connection with Hashem. Your consciousness, your sense of self, your your animating creative self that you are underneath, that you now use your body to manifest in the world as your creativity and as your as your connection, you know, relationship building dynamic. So it's powered at the root. It gets all of its strength from Hashem. If you start trying to get strength from things that are not Hashem, let's say you're a, a you're a uh, comedian, and so you're constantly uh, speaking and making everybody laugh. So if you keep trying to get a sense of self-worth, a sense of energy, a sense of motivation from your crowds, then you're basically going to start entering a cycle of highs and lows, where like you have a day where you're really, really funny, and you did really well, and everybody was laughing, and you feel, wow, look, I really mean something, I really exist. And then the next day, you don't have that anymore, now you feel depressed because you're missing that high, and then you feel very down, and it's because you're getting your sense of self and your sense of self-worth from something external as opposed to from its true source, which is Hashem, at the root of who you are. And so that is a very, very exhausting phenomenon. And so the the idea here is that 
there's a meta version of that that just the very not, obviously those are examples where you yourself do that and you need to you need to actually organize yourself and orient yourself properly and learn Torah to clarify the truth of who you are and not identify yourself with uh, with your job or anything like that. But there's also a meta version of this in which just by nature of you being in the world awake, in other words, the, the neshama awake just means the neshama is now being channeled. You yourself, the neshama is now being channeled into the world, and so that is inherently exhausting because. By definition, since you are now interfacing with the world, you are to a certain degree siphoning off a sense of self and a sense of energy from the world. And you can't really uh, fail to do that. In other words, everybody does that because we all have these little kernels of eight, of eight das, das tovara within ourselves. So just by being awake in the world, you in little bits, you experience yourself, you know, just by walking down the street and having other people see you or, you know, cars stop when you cross the street, like little uh, little responses of existence that show that they see that you exist, that you're here, they validate for you a sense of self in small ways. And that slowly becomes exhausting to the neshama as the day passes because on a, just on a on a day-to-day, event-by-event level, you're constantly experiencing yourself more and more as part of this space, part of this space-time reality as opposed to the endless, immortal, intangible self that you really are. And so there's this built-in solution to that, that since the Yitzhada story happened, now we have to actually pull ourselves out of the world uh, in a cyclical way to deal with this up and down dynamic. In other words, because you're so involved in the world for a day, for a phase of time, so now you actually have to pull out of the world and you have to, you basically have to like reattach at a deeper level with the source of existence, which is Hashem, which is the root of yourself, and then basically get re-energized by that and, and re-reanimated by it, and then you can kind of be reattached to your body uh, at, you know, the next morning and then start over with that new energized um, uh, source root in Hashem's self. And so that's what you're doing when you when you sleep. And that's like, that, that's a cycle. The sleep cycle is something which um, uh, it's like death because what death is is that you're basically just retreating from the tangible world and now you're basically just experiencing yourself much more uh, fully connected to Hashem. And that undoes all of the intensity of a whole life of being embedded and immersed in this world in a way that conveys to you that you actually are your body. And there's a lot more to talk about with this. We're going to get, go more into this when we get to the concept of the halachos uh, of Natilas yadayim, washing your hands when you first wake up, and also the tefillah we say in the morning, the elokai neshama. We're going to see some of those things in the halacha too. But the point here is that that's the cycle of sleep, which the etadas is the source of. That's why we have we have other cycles like this. The the cycle of nida is similar. That these the sexual cycles uh, between a husband and wife, where they are sexually uh, relating to each other for two weeks, and then they are sexually restricted for two weeks, and that these are designed to create similar uh, corrections for the distortion patterns of the etadas. Um, so in this particular halacha, what's happening is uh, what the Rama is saying is that when you wake up. So you should try to wake up early to, to, re- to really activate yourself, like we said in, in, in yesterday's episode, which is where you're really clear on who it is that you are here to be. And so therefore, you're not a function of your sleep, uh, you know, your, the sleep cycle pulling you in, in an inertia-oriented way towards the feeling of continuing to sleep, similar to how you would do it when you're, the way that in, your inertia to stay awake pulls at you when you are uh, awake the night before, like we mentioned yesterday. Um, but here, we're t- what the Ramah is adding to this is he's saying there's, a, there's sort of like a minimum that you should try to try to aim for when you wake up. In other words, even if you're not able to wake up, uh, you know, immediately, but like you should at least try for the following uh, data point, which is you want to try to at least make sure that you are you are re-entering the world from the sleep phase uh, actively in parallel 
to when everybody else is also engaging in group tefillah. So group tefillah, tefillah the concept, doesn't just mean davening in shul. Tefillah actually means to align yourself with the underlying wantings that you have as a neshama, which are really the things that Hashem wants. Because we actually want the same things as, as Hashem, because at, at our core, we actually are aspects of Hashem's self. And so you are basically a manifestation of Hashem's divine wantings in the world. And so what you what you're, what tefillah is, is that basically when you start your day, you are, you know, the, we're going to talk more about what sleep does to you and why why uh, this is very closely related to why we wash our hands in the morning but basically you get very um jumbled uh from sleeping when you wake up it's like you have to basically reorient yourself to the tangible existence and and almost like run through your mission statement of who you are and what you want and what you're after here in the world and what you are now about to go and create. And so what the Ramah is saying here is, that, that's what tefillah is, first of all, and what the Ramah is saying here is that you, what you want to do is you want to minimally uh, make sure that when you that you are activating yourself in the world in parallel with the rest of the network of neshamo, subconsciousness fragments that are all engaging in, in, the, in the first phase of waking up, they're all engaging in realigning themselves with Hashem and getting in touch with their core selves and their core wanting, so that way they can then be galvanized and clarified and properly oriented towards reality, and they can actually go and do the things that they are that they are trying to do in harmony with their true selves underneath. So that's why you're going to want to try to do that. Uh, that's why the tefillah, the tzibur concept is so significant. You want to align yourself with, with the truth of who you are in a group where everybody is trying to do that. Unfortunately, today, tefillah is not very often about that. Which we're going to talk more about that in future episodes. Uh, we also have a whole series about that in the, the Sod Blocks. Um, but uh, that is at least the goal. And so when the Ramah is writing this, he's, he's saying that's really what you're trying to aim for. At least, uh, even if you can't uh, get up when the sun rises, try to at least make sure that you're activating yourself in the framework uh, of the in, in the within the framework of the network of all the other consciousness fragments that are now orienting themselves towards Hashem and re re uh, reawakening. Um, to the underlying wantings that really are the divine wantings within them, try to be a part of that, and then you know start your start your day uh, with that with that orientation, with that with that clarity as to where it is you're going. So again, sort of similar in certain ways to what we spoke about in the previous episode, but uh, now in the context of what the Rama is saying. And again, on a superficial level, if you just read this Rama plus the Shulchan Aruch words before, you might just say, well, get up early, try to get up early, go to Shul, and that's it. Uh, but there's a whole underlying framework uh, of Torah here that really gives you a sense of, well, what exactly is sleep? And like, what am I? And what am I doing? And what exactly is waking up? And these are things that we don't even feel so much because we're so used to just sleeping and waking up all the time. And in fact, there's actually a huge amount of information that's at play here that if we can access it, you can really har harness it and use it profoundly to make your mornings much more uh, uh, alive and much more intentional and proactive. So hope you enjoyed that. Uh, again, thanks so much for, for subscribing, for listening. Check out your soblocks and the other content that we have going on on YouTube. And looking forward to having you join me for tomorrow's episode.